inflation rate and it came out slightly higher than expected and uh, you know leading to more speculation in the market about uh, what the US Fed is going to do but what does it mean for us Mohammed so so I think we have a look at that US number I mean it's been a fairly quiet data week as I mentioned in yesterday's in yesterday's interview but if you CPI number remember in the US it's not the preferred measure of inflation by the US Federal Reserve so they look at personal consumption expenditure as their measure their official measure that the Fed uses in terms of policy that being said the market still looks at the CPI number as some sort of indication on what's happening with underlying inflation uh, as you mentioned in the intro on a month on month basis it came in at at, at positive 0.2 that was in line with expectations. On a year-on-year basis, headline inflation, very much like our local headline inflation, it has actually dipped low. I think it bottomed last month in the U.S. It was at a 0% on a year-on-year basis. But what the market was fixating on was the core CPI number. So that's excluding food and energy because we know globally it's mainly been this decline in the oil price that has pushed inflation so low. So if you look at core CPI, that's a measure of the underlying inflation in the economy. That came out at 1.7%. And that's what the market's getting a bit excited about. They're saying, you know, that's quite close to the Fed's 2% target. That's the measure of what the actual underlying inflation is in the U.S. economy. And that leading to even more speculation now that the Fed's got scope to actually hike rates sometime uh, at least within the next six months, so either at the June meeting uh, or at the September meeting. Uh, what has that actually meant? If we have a look at what's happened on the, on the U.S. dollar, uh, we can actually see that the dollar index it has been corrected over the last couple of days. It's found some support around current levels. Now, thankfully, it hasn't bounced very sharply. So we've seen that rand consolidate quite nicely. Uh, it, it's below that 1190-odd level that we discussed yesterday and now the low 1180s. And if we can sustain these gains, we could possibly head a little bit stronger on the rand. Now, we need this from an inflationary perspective. We need any reprieve we can actually get. We remain a net importer. So I'm pretty hopeful. We're close to a technical level insofar as we're close to a 50-day moving average on this one. Uh, and if we can break below. We may even see them at 11. So I'm holding out for that, Eric. Mm, absolutely. And, and uh, looking at the local numbers, those indicators that came out yesterday, Mohammed, uh, what do they tell us about the health of our domestic economy? Yeah, so yesterday we had a leading indicator out, and, and, and if you have a look at it, uh, it's usually uh, I don't really see it as, as, as much of a, a proper or a, a proper leading indicator in terms of the health of the local economy. Well, what it does give us is if you drill down into some of the subcomponents, that gives you a sense of what's happening in the underlying economy at least. And if we have a look at that, you know, we saw a little bit of an uptick in terms of money supply growth. We saw a little bit of an uptick in terms of the construction sector. But what was concerning me is that seven subcomponents did deteriorate. And these all pointed towards the following. Lower vehicle sales, uh, we're seeing worsening manufacturing activity. Uh, and unfortunately, this is just meaning that, uh, you know, the prospects for the jobs market domestically does remain very, very strained. We also saw a worsening in terms of the relations uh, or at least the direction, the trend on our major trading partners. Uh, and so all of that, I guess, in some respect, weighing on the outlook going forward in terms of the leading indicator. We have massive challenges. I think you're going to hear that from the Reserve Bank as they meet on Thursday. I'm going to expect a slightly more hawkish stance coming through from the government there, but at the same time being very cognizant of some of the weaknesses in the economy as well. Mm. And as it results, scaling back support for its currency, but why, Mohammed? 
Yeah, so this is actually a very interesting story. I mean, it, it's news that broke overnight. We're actually seeing Brazil. So Brazil had a program where they would try and, and effectively support their currency. Now, if you think Rand's done badly, spare a thought for Brazilians. I mean, their currency over the last year has weakened by an excess of 45%. So it's really gone very far, very fast. All it's done is it's costing their government a significant amount of money. South Africa learned this lesson over 15 years ago when we learned that it, it is really an expensive and futile exercise to try and defend your currency. Now, remember, Brazil had massive reserves, so they thought they had the ability to do this. All it's done is it's cost them a significant amount of their reserves, and they're now scaling back some of that currency support. They're a Brazilian real now currently close to a 12-year low, but they're just saying it, it, it's silly throwing good money after bad on this particular strategy, and they'd rather try and skew their efforts towards other structural reforms in their economy. I mean, they've got significant work to do in the emerging market. A basket, Brazil currently doing quite poorly relative to some of their peers in South Africa, very much a middle-of-the-pack player right now. 